This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 294. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, as I record this in mid-March 2020, this coronavirus, or Bud Light virus as we've been calling it at work, is in full swing. Uh, Today on the show, I have an expert on viruses, and we're going to talk about how we can manage it best because it's affecting us in hospitality pretty pretty heavily, I think. Uh, You know, I like to bring you content that's useful, and uh, I think you'll find this talk really worth listening to. So let's get right into it, but first, there's something I have to tell you. This podcast is not intended for the purpose of providing medical or legal advice. All information, content, and material provided in the audio podcasts or on the bartenderjourney.net website are for general information purposes only and does not and is not intended to constitute legal or medical advice, nor does it serve as a substitute for consultation with a doctor or a lawyer. Please go to bartenderjourney.net slash disclaimer to read this disclaimer in its entirety. Thank you. My name is Frank Chula. I'm a biology instructor at Columbia University in New York City. I've studied viruses uh, as a graduate student. And uh, in some of the courses I teach, I talk about how viruses replicate and how they make people sick and how the body fights viral infections. So obviously uh, what we're interested in here here is uh, how it's going to affect people in the hospitality business, this, uh, this latest outbreak. So uh, what, can, what can you tell us about how, uh, first of all, how viruses spread? Um, viruses spread in the way that I think most people understand how they spread. The coronavirus uh, is a kind of respiratory virus that spreads in the same way that flu and cold viruses spread. Uh, somebody who is infected with the virus can cough or sneeze, and the particles go out of their body and land on different surfaces. And then um, a person will walk by the surface, touch the surface, and if they don't wash their hands, if they touch their face, in particular their nose, uh, the virus will go into their body and they will contract the illness. And um, uh, that's the main way. The, The second way it's spread is that if a person coughs or sneezes, the particles go into the air, and if you walk into that bloom, that um, uh, particle bloom, uh, you inhale the virus, and it goes directly into your nose or lungs. I see. And how long would you expect um, it to be uh, a problem when it lands on a surface, say, a, a bar or something? Uh, if it lands on a bar, I don't know for the coronavirus. I've read articles from different uh, doctors who study this. And it looks like this virus, if it's a cool room, uh, it could last for more than several hours on a surface. It can still be active. Uh, after a while, all vi- almost all viruses at room temperature fall apart and they become inactive. Uh, so uh, if someone is coughing in the bar at 6 o'clock or if they sneeze in the bar or, they, or even if they touch Uh, their nose and then touch the bar. That's how you can transmit the virus as well. Uh, It could could be a while before the virus becomes inactive. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think in a a restaurant or a bar situation, uh, if someone does have the virus and they're they're accidentally spread it, uh, it it, other people can become contaminated within several hours after it and even maybe longer. Um, I've read one report that the coronavirus can last for maybe 12 or more hours outside the body. That's, uh, I'm not sure how or, or who discovered that, but it's, it's not a hard experiment to do. But 
You know, so that the virus that we're concerned about here is something that could last longer than a few hours outside the body, it seems. Right, right. So well, I have two questions um, that come to mind immediately. First of all, what do we need to do as hospitality employees to, uh, you know, to do all we can to keep, keep our ourselves or the staff and our guests um, safe? That would be the first, first question. The number one thing for a virus like this, since it's, it's pretty contagious, is to actually stay healthy. Uh, someone who is between the ages of maybe 18 and 50, who's in good shape and good health and doesn't smoke and doesn't have a medical condition uh, like emphysema or, or, or maybe uh, something that will weaken the immune system, that person, if they contract the virus, they'll often experience the virus as just a bad cold. Uh, and so uh, actually the, the number one thing people can do uh, is to stay healthy. Uh, besides that, the more precise thing, you probably want to know, how do you clean the surfaces? <laughs> mm, <right. laughs> uh, so uh, what, one thing that could be done is to, um, uh, is to wipe the surfaces with um, dilute Clorox or um, some sort of solution containing ethanol uh, and, uh, or even spray the surfaces with ethanol. Uh, ethanol is much more pleasant than Clorox is. So um, ethanol will inactivate the virus. And so if someone has a bar and it's very active, just periodically wiping the bar down with a, with a solution of ethanol and a, and a rag uh, will, will inactivate any virus that is on the bar. Um, and uh, the other thing to do is to take, make sure all the glassware is carefully uh, removed, dishes, spoons, etc., try to get those things into the dishwasher without necessarily touching the part where the person's mouth is touching that's probably something that everyone practices in hospitality, but it's something to really pay attention to. So if you're a bartender and you pick up a glass, uh, of course, don't touch the rim of the glass where the lips of the uh, customer have been. Uh, just pick it up from the base and then uh, place it in, in the, in the uh, bucket or wherever it goes. Once it goes into the dishwasher, the dishwasher with the soap and the hot water will inactivate the virus and, and it won't spread anymore after that. Right. Now, the rags, lately I've been using disposable paper towels, you know, rather than reuse a rag. Uh, that's a very good idea. I think uh, they're inexpensive. And if you can, again, rubbing alcohol will inactivate the virus. If, if as long as it doesn't hurt the surface of the bar very much, just rubbing down the ball with rubbing alcohol periodically is probably the probably the best thing, one of the best things to do. Um, again, when people in hospitality, the other option is soapy water. That will also inactivate the virus. Um, when I say inactivate the virus, uh, viruses are like uh, little soccer balls. Uh, they're particles. They're not living. And their outer coat is made of a material that dissolves when exposed to soap and water or alcohol, rubbing alcohol, etc. If you can remove the outer coat of the virus, it basically inactivates the virus and stops it from becoming infectious. So all of these things that people are using, like soap and water, uh, rubbing alcohol, Purell, etc., uh, that's basically what they do. They dissolve the outer coat of the virus and they stop it from becoming contagious. They basically inactivate it. I think the tricky part would be if a customer has a cough, uh, in which case the particles are going to go into the air. Unless they cough into their sleeve really carefully, coughing and sneezing will uh, transmit the virus into the air. And then once it's in the air, it becomes hard to avoid it. You know, if you're behind the bar being a bartender, uh, you know, you've got to hope your customers are aware of when they're going to sneeze and when they're going to cough. 
Right. Uh, and I, I don't know if there's a way to do that. Maybe put up a sign reminding people mm. on how to do it so you don't spread the viral particles. That's a good idea. That that was kind of my second question. But, you know, we as staff can be can learn and train and practice good hygiene and, and do everything we can do. But when we have them dealing with the general public, you know, it's it's tougher to uh, tell people, hey, you know, but in this environment, I guess you have to, you know. Right. And also, and, and especially if they're drinking, they become relaxed and they'll, they may not actually catch their sneeze, you know, if they. You know, they can become too relaxed and become not as cautious. Um, I'm afraid that this particular virus will spread probably as rapidly as uh, any cold or flu virus, and it will become part of our population. The people who have to be the most concerned, it looks like, are people who are maybe elderly and, um, you know, over 80 in particular, over 70, think about it, you know. And so I, I, I would almost recommend that people who normally go out to dinner, go to bars, et cetera, if, if they want to be careful, they, if they're elderly and if they're not in good health, they should probably stay home for a while. Uh, and just because they're the people who are at risk. Uh, a healthy 25-year-old guy who, you know, is a, you know, eats well and, and, and plays sports. And if he contracts this virus, he, he's, he's not likely to die. Uh, he's, he's okay. His immune system can beat the virus up and get rid of it out of the body. Uh, and uh, it, it's really uh, people who are more vulnerable. Again, they're older or they have some kind of medical condition that makes them vulnerable to infection. It's, it's almost as if we should tell those people, stay out of public spaces. Because uh, the rest of us have immune systems that probably can handle it pretty well. Uh, but those people have weakened uh, conditions and they're, they're more vulnerable to, to being hospitalized by, by this virus. Mm-hmm. So the, the other thing to do is, it, well, I don't think you can tell your customers at a club. Uh, maybe you can put up a, some kind of sign saying, you know, for the time being, if, you, if you're elderly and you have, you know, some, if you've been a smoker all your life or if you've had some kind of condition that suppresses your immune system, you may want to you know, not come to the bar or restaurant for a while, wait it out, and then, you know, come later when the virus has dissipated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this thing called herd immunity where basically everyone gets it, or at least most people get it, and they become immune to it. And once that happens, the virus doesn't really spread as rapidly. Once most people become immune to this particular virus, it'll stop spreading. And it'll equilibrate with the host. That's what the biologist might call it, say. <laughs> and uh, it'll become part of our it'll become part of our life, just like cold viruses are and flu viruses are. Except this one is more dangerous uh, in the sense because it it spreads without people knowing they're spreading it. That's that's a problem. But also, uh, it does it does have a higher uh, kill rate than a regular cold virus. And so, you know, again, elderly people and, and people with medical conditions have to be cautious right now. Right. There is a chance at this point, probably in the next month or two, that many, many people will have been exposed to the virus. Their immune system will have um, attacked and killed the virus, uh, and then they will have a natural immunity to it. This will happen over the, the, the next few months all over the place where the virus is. Uh, and this has been going on for Uh, Millions of years, uh, animals, plants, every creature on the planet is affected by viruses of different kinds. Uh, So it's a a natural thing. It's just it's scary because of the uh, people who do get sick from it and then have to go into the uh, uh, hospital for, uh, you know, because their lungs are filling up or their lungs are, are getting damaged by the virus. Right. 
Oh, isn't that ironic? People are staying home and working from home and doing things like that. And then, but it's actually exposure that's going to make it go away more quickly. <laughs> and that is true for other types of viruses. It is quarantine that'll shut it down. Mm. But, but because of the nature of this virus, the fact is that people can have it in them and they'll have no symptoms. Right. Some people will have no symptoms and they'll spread it to two, three, four people without knowing it. And they won't know they have it. Mm. And this, and you know, and and that's the nature of this particular type of virus. Um, it's a respiratory virus. It's a coronavirus. This is what they tend to do. It is related to head colds. Um, and uh, and the other thing that seems to have happened with this is the um, it seems to have jumped from one species into the human species. Um, this happens every so often with respiratory viruses. Humans interact with other animals, often in an animal market or in some kind of agricultural area. And uh, in doing so, the uh, virus inside that animal jumps into the human species. And then, then we get this terrible infection and it spreads. SARS, MERS, there's all kinds of viruses that this seems to have happened with. I don't know where the corona comes from, but people have made guesses that it has come from a wild animal and it transferred to humans because humans were handling wild animals and they contracted it by handling the wild animal, like maybe a bat or a, a pangolin, or there's all kinds of creatures that um, transmit viruses to humans. Now, do the um, the masks you see people wearing, do, does that really help or, or, or not? Well, you know what the mask does? Um, it stops people from taking their contaminated fingers and touching their face. Mm-hmm. So uh, the mask may work by simply... Um, uh, in this case, in this type of virus, it probably works because it stops people from, um, you know, touching a subway pole that someone had just coughed on. And then when they itch their face, they itch the mask and, and, and the virus mm-hmm. doesn't go onto their skin. You know, the virus doesn't go through the skin. It's just eventually people rub their eyes or they put their fingers in their lips or they pick their and they put their fingers in their nose. And, and that's really where the, the virus gets introduced into the body, besides inhaling the sneeze or the cough mm-hmm. from someone who's infected. You know, I, when you get washing on a regular basis is one thing that is recommended by many different people. The soap uh, and the water will inactivate the virus. And if you did touch something on a subway or a bus or even in a restaurant, just washing hands on a regular basis will do it. If people run out of Purell, or if they, you know, they won't run out of soap, but if they run out of disinfectants, you can use rubbing alcohol. You can just take isopropyl alcohol at 70% or 90% and just sprinkle it on your hands and just rub your hands. If you don't have anything else around, mm-hmm. that's another option, too, just to be on the safe side. Well, I find myself behind the bar washing my hands even more than I used to. My hands are so dry. I must have washed my hands 500 times in four days at work. <laughs> <laughs> That'll help. But you know what? If you can if you can train yourself to not touch your face, yeah. you can space out the washing a little bit because it's really the face touching and, the, and then eventually pushing the virus into the nose or mouth or eyes that really transmit it. I'm not 100% sure about the eyes, but the nose is really the main gateway to the respiratory system, and mm. that's where a lot of viruses enter our bodies. Well, it's, it's tough. I mean, we're really interacting with the public. You know, we're constantly touching things that somebody else just touched, so it's, um, you know, it, it is worrisome in, in this business. And uh, I think the other thing we have to worry about is how it's going to affect our business um, just because people aren't traveling and they're not eating out as much and they're, and they're not staying in hotels and, and things like that. You know, and we can't, I've heard about a lot of um, guys in the, people in the financial world and stuff and Apple telling people to work from home, but we, we literally cannot do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that is the problem with hospitality. It's, it's for people in front of you, and it's not for long distance. I don't quite know how to, you know, I, I think that, that that hospitality is simply going to have to wait it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, wait till... This, wait till the virus basically equilibrates with its host, us, or or um, just wait till the the peak of infection falls down, and then people will start to loosen up a little bit. They'll right. start to travel again. Uh, I teach my courses at Columbia University. Columbia University canceled Monday and Tuesday of this week, so everyone stayed home mm-hmm. uh, in the classrooms. I'm not I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but they basically quarantined uh, their students in a sense. They had them not stay in their dorm room and just you know, not go into public spaces. So uh, these things, I don't know how long they're going to last. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I know that uh, Chinese restaurants in New York City, people are scared to go into them, but that's, you know, I don't think you should worry about that. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, people incorrectly, you know, assume that uh, everyone in a Chinese restaurant must have come from Wuhan province of, in China, <laughs> <laughs> which is not really the case. Uh, the Chinese they shut down air travel quickly. Um, the parts of the planet that have this virus, uh, Iran, Italy, China, uh, those uh, places got the virus because people came in and out, in and out, in and out, and just transmitted it uh, you know, rapidly before people could figure out what was going on. Uh, now, Italy is in a semi-lockdown state. Uh, and eventually they will uh, lift it up and people will start to move around again. And hospitality will come back. Uh, once that happens, because people will probably have cabin fever and they can't wait to go out and drink. <laughs> exactly. <It's> so true. <laughs> well, it's uh, very reassuring. I appreciate, uh, you know, it's good, it's good to hear, you know, this, this too shall pass. So it's, uh, that's good news. Uh, I guess, I guess in a sense people have, I mean, you, you know, people in hospitality know when that hurricane or a blizzard hits, then, you know, they shut down and then it comes back. This is just a longer shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything should be up and up and normal again within some period of time. I can't predict that. My guess is within a few months, um, but I don't. I, I don't. Uh, a, a typical virus bloom, as they call it, that you know, it lasts until the weather changes. And um, this particular virus, it seems to be sensitive to warm weather, hotter conditions. And uh, at some point, it's not going to be spreading as as quickly. And probably by the time the weather gets warm in May, it, it may very well calm down. Mm. So, oh, great to but, hear. You know, it, it's funny because I'm reading the same thing you're probably reading. I'm reading articles by scientists who study these viruses, and they end up in, in you know, articles in the news. And so I'm hoping that is the case. Um, you'll be happy to know viruses, they have seasons, mm-hmm. you know. So the cold and flu season is when the virus spreads the most. But when summer hits in August, flu viruses don't spread as quickly. Right, right. And will a flu shot, um, it won't protect against this particular virus, Right. But. That's right. It's it's a it's a different kind of virus. The flu, of course, goes after several types of influenza. Typically, a flu shot can protect you against several strains at once. And it's a guess. When they make the vaccine, they they try to figure out what strain of flu is going to dominate the infection cycle. Uh, and uh, so they say, okay, it's this one, this one, this one. They put it in the flu shot, and sometimes they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still good to get a flu shot because flu viruses are similar to each other. And sometimes a uh, uh, a vaccine for one strain will work a little bit for another strain. So it, it's, you still get some benefit from it, even if the main strain doesn't show up in the vaccine. Um, this, uh, this virus, this viruses are 
are different from each other. And so a vaccine against one will generally not be effective against a different type of virus. Um, But there is stuff coming along. There are vaccines that are being developed for this. And eventually we'll just vaccinate ourselves like we do the flu virus Mm -hmm. uh, and it'll just become mainstream. What we need now is actually probably more emergency room equipment because the really, really sick people need to be on ventilators. They need to be watched in a hospital. Um, There's going to be probably a lot more people hospitalized uh, for this uh, infection and and, and, and some places may very well run out of equipment. Um, You can slow that down by uh, quarantining people. You can slow it down by just sort of stopping people from congregating. If you can slow down the infection, uh, you'll be able to handle the emergencies better because there'll be few of them per week. All right. um, mm-hmm. If that, if that, I, I went off on a side topic. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that <laughs> but makes I just, sense. That, that's kind of like the stra- strategy at the moment. You, you, you want to slow the slow the infection rate and uh, and then get ready for the people who are going to go through crisis uh, when they get this infection. And if you can do that, you can lower the death rate. All right. So if we distill it down, number one, make sure you wash your hands a lot. Don't touch your face. It's not too late to get the flu shot. Right? right. That's right. You can get the flu shot for the flu, and that'll be actually just useful in general. And and then, you know, once once in hospitality, be careful not to touch where people's lips were and to, you know, give, put up signs about how to cough and sneeze properly. But all of that is, is, I guess, standard procedure. Hospitality industry, uh, it's... Uh, you know, it, it it always gets hit by something every so often. Well, th- thank you so much for your time, Frank, and I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, great, useful information. And um, most most importantly, that it's it's going to pass. <laughs> it, it'll pass. It, like like all the viruses, like it, it'll pass, um, and it will. But it will also spread dramatically. But a lot of us won't even know we have it. Some of us will feel a head cold, and then uh, the crisis people are the ones that are we have to prepare for. That's probably the best summary I could come up with. Well, thank you again, Frank. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. You're welcome. I I hope all that's useful to people. I think it definitely is. Okay. All right. right. Thank you, Frank. Bye now. Bye-bye. I just want to clarify something, or actually the opposite of clarify, make it a little more obscure, actually. Uh, I asked Frank how long we should expect the virus to last on on a hard surface. He said uh, a couple of couple of hours. Um, I just finished watching New York State Governor Mario, uh, not Mario Cuomo, his son Andrew Cuomo's uh, speech or news conference, and he said there's actually conflicting reports on that. Um, some studies have shown a couple of hours, where others have shown a couple of days. So we don't want to assume it's just going to go away on its own after a couple of hours. We need to ABC always be cleaning. Thanks for listening. We'll have some useful links up on bartenderjourney.net with lots more information. We're planning a second episode about the Bud Light virus uh, with Andrew Riggi, who, among other things, is with the New York City Hospitality Alliance. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you'll get it as soon as it becomes available. This pesky virus has affected our industry in yet another way. It was just announced that Tales on Tour was canceled in Puerto Rico for this year because of the virus, and that was supposed to be in late April of 2020. So that's a shame to see that, uh, especially as Puerto Rico's had so much uh, trouble lately with other things. So uh, unfortunately, that would have been a good uh, economic influx into the hospitality business down there, but unfortunately, uh, the safety safety comes first. So that's... uh, Sad to hear, but uh, I suppose abundance of caution is called for uh, right now. Personally, I am happy to avoid airports for the next, uh, well, whatever, (laughs) a few weeks or months. That's it for today. Cheers, and wash your hands.